When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thank you all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. want to give a big shout out to uh, Two Pilots Distillery, our sponsor this month. Also, Red Circle, thank you for all the help that you do. We just started a new feature on the show. We've had a lot of musicians come on, but uh, I had the privilege this week of being up in Nashville. Uh, Mr. Lee Tucker, my big brother, took me up there for a good weekend, and I got to see an amazing event on Tuesday night that is uh, my favorite songwriter sessions that I've got to go see so far and this woman that we have on today is a straight up beast and uh, she was the one throwing it and she did a hell of a job everybody Miss Kristen Kelly how you doing today I'm doing great how are you <laughs> I, I'm fine if uh, this weather will shape up around here what's it looking oh, like in Nashville today it's nasty and cold and I don't care for it <laughs> uh, i don't blame you it's i don't know what's going on with the weather in georgia um so let's get started with uh, your social media stuff uh anywhere they can find you on social media and go become a fan and fall in love where can they find you at yes so um i'm on instagram which it's under Kristen kelly music um it's k-r-i-s-t-e-n-k-e-l-o-y music.com or well that's my handle at Kristen Kelly music. Um, my website is Kristen Kelly music.com. Um, Facebook is Kristen Kelly music. Um, Twitter. I think that one's just Kristen Kelly and, um, Vivo YouTube. Um, you can find my stuff under my name as well. I'm trying to think if there's something that I'm forgetting. Oh, TikTok. I am a new TikTok um, member and <laughs> I don't always know how to work it. Um, I think that's most of us. I'm learning myself. I just, yeah. you have to have it nowadays uh, and I'm learning myself. It's Kristen Kelly music on TikTok as well. Um, most of it's all going to be Kristen Kelly music. I think the only one is, Twitter that's just Kristen Kelly, but oh sweet. That's uh, super simple. Um yeah. so uh this you're gonna be our first artist that from now on what we're gonna do, and it's just I love musicians, I love people that actually play good music, write stories, and got you're, you're the name of y'all's thing the other night, and I guess what you do uh, how often do you do those with the something worth saying, uh, writers rounds? Um it's a once a month writers round that I started in November of last year. Um, Hayson Lott, who owns Live Oak on Demumbrian here in Nashville, 
um, he was like, Kristen, he's like, you've been in town for 10 years. And he says, you know, why have you never thought about hosting a writer's round? I was like, well, I don't know, but hell, let's do it, you know? And so we started out, he gave me a November date and a December date. And we started out with just those two and the first two months went great. And so we, we started and he's got a date for me for the rest of 2021. And um, the caliber of people that have agreed to play it, it just blows my mind. I was talking with Adam Hood yesterday. Um, I'm still blown away that I am invited into writer's rooms with some of these people. And then whenever I call them, I get so nervous to call them and ask them <laughs> if they'll play my round. And then when they say yes, I'm like, oh, shit, they said yes. <laughs> Um, but it was really cool. And, and this month, um, February, my birthday is, uh, February 20th and I'm going to be on the road and my round for this month was scheduled on February 9th. And, um, so I was like, let's just make it a birthday celebration and an EP release, um, for my project, which is called something we're saying part one. Um, and, Whenever I ask people, that's another thing too. Whenever I ask people to play this round, I don't, I don't vet it with like who's committed to any specific date. I just say, all right, look, I've got these. I try to give them like two, two options. And, um, you know, I'm like, Hey, we've got these two dates. Cause it'll be like either this month or next month or, or if I ask them, it'll be for the following month or the month after that. Um, and I don't say anything about who I've asked or who's committed or anything. I just say, hey, these are the dates that we've got it. And it just so happened that February was a crazy, crazy, amazing lineup. Um, That's without Ashley. a doubt the best, the best writers round I've ever been to. Oh, thank you. I mean, and not even close. Um, I'm still like, like I said, I'm blown away, you know, like. November, December, January, this month. And um, I'm just, I'm just grateful and amazed and excited about what's to come. But yeah, I started the, the writers round something worth saying, and then I'm going to be launching my own podcast. Uh, awesome. Worth saying. And um, I won't just have songwriters and artists on it. I'll have people from all walks of life. Like I'd love to have you come be on it, you know? Um and I wrote a song called Something We're Saying with the late Randall Clay and then um, my buddy Blue Foley. And when I started talking about this project, my EP that I just released, I thought long-term about the back half of the project. And so I was like, why not call this Something Worth Saying? And then the first five songs will be part one and then the back half will be something worth saying part two and it will actually have the song something worth saying on it and then the writer's round came to be and now the podcast is is about to launch and it's really cool to sit back and and think about something worth saying on a grander scale than it just being a song and especially with you know, where we found ourselves in 2020 and, and as of lately, 
you know, where a lot of people are being censored by what they have to say. And um, a lot of times unfairly censored by what they have to say. And um, I'm just excited to see what happens with all of this, you know? So many people have something worth saying and oh, yeah. we have the right to freedom of speech. Absolutely. It's on the door of my studio. As you're walking in, I've got uh, the freedom of speech, First Amendment and everything out there. And um, no, like, I'll, I'll even tell you this. The other night when I left, uh, and by the way, I overindulged way too much with y'all the other night. That was That's okay. Way to have a good woo, time. I didn't know. Goodness gracious. I know I had to talk your ear off and Miss McBride's ear off, and I didn't mean to. Um, I was just – I got caught up in something that happened that night, and um, it was pretty much what you sa- was talking about there was something worth saying. And um, it gave me – it was very – it made me feel good about country music. There's been a lot of stuff lately – uh, I live and die by country music, and I, I can't write, I can't sing. Um, I worked in country music. I got fired for for saying what I believed on radio and had the number one show in Georgia. But still, that's why this podcast has been successful so far, because I say what I want to say. And uh, you actually inspired me to, on the way home, I had, I, I can't remember exactly what you said on stage, but it was uh, kind of, you broke down a little bit, you got emotional. Um, and, uh, you were talking about how happy you were that I think it's been six years since you put out an EP and the one you put out got to number 13, um, or got, it kept rising while we was there. It actually got to number nine on the Ah, iTunes country chart that like, and it stayed like all week long. It's been, it's been, I mean, it stayed at number 10 for, I don't know how long. And, um, it's just now. I haven't looked today. It's kind of, I started getting a little bit of, um, I guess anxiety or whatever. <laughs> Cause people will be like, Oh, it's at number nine. It's at 13. It's, it's here. It's there, which I'm super excited. And I'm so grateful. And it, my mind has just been blown and it's been an emotional, it's been an emotional roller coaster of a week because yeah, the last time I released music was 2015 and it was my fire EP. And that was the first independent release after having parted ways with Sony. And I was in an unhealthy marriage and I was working four jobs at one point. Um, I had two guitars that were made for me on the Paisley tour back in 2012. And for the entire duration of my last marriage, because I've had more than one, (laughs) Uh, just keep trying till you get it right darling oh man uh i'm definitely taking the long way around is when it comes to relationships and my picker's been real broken for a real long time you ain't the only one i I think i might have found a good one well we'll see he's amazing i like Um, that old boy but so you know having having worked so hard on just trying to make ends meet and those two guitars that were made for me on the Paisley tour were in pawn for the entire duration of our marriage, just about. And I wasn't writing as much as I felt like I should have been. And I I wasn't playing as much as I should have been. And it's, it's hard. 
you know, not to get distracted by the noise of fear and also the noise of, of what an unhealthy relationship will tell you and, and lead you to believe. Um, you know, I was told that nobody wants to work with me. And I was told that I put people off and I was told that I'm not relevant and a lot of really unhealthy things that a little part of you can't help but start to believe at some point and, and start questioning, is it something that I'm, you know, that I'm doing? And so to have the courage to stand up and, and walk away from that unhealthy marriage and get back to being me and record new music and release it and for it to for it to get to where it was on Tuesday afternoon I mean it was sitting at 133 on the charts never in a million years did I even dream that it would be on the iTunes top country albums chart and then by the end of the night it was at you know, number nine at one point, and then it stayed at number 10 for a couple of days. And then all this other great music, you know, is released as well. And it's still up there. And um, it just was really overwhelming. And um, You know, as a songwriter and an artist, the listener gives what we have to say. It, the listener gives our words weight and the listener gives us something worth saying. You know, like they give us, they give us the gift of having something worth saying. And so for a while, you know, thinking like, well, maybe I'm, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, like, yeah, I, I, I had, as I was telling you the other night, um, same thing happened to me two weeks ago. Uh, I got fired in September of last year and I decided to open my own studio because my daughter lives in Cochran, Georgia, where I, where I live at. And uh, the radio stations that offered me jobs were in Atlanta and Valdosta. So I would have had to move away from my daughter. And I was like, no, I'm just going to take a chance. I'm going to bet on myself here. And uh, I went into business for myself. And it's done good so far. And two weeks ago, on Saturday morning, I woke up. And uh, I wanted to check to see what the podcast was at. And uh, I got to number 13. And yes! That, and, that, and, that, and like... <laughs> I was number 13 in my category, number 62 worldwide. And it blew my mind. And it just, it still shocks me uh, still because uh, I, I got fired for saying what I, I thought was right. I told Antifa to kiss my ass on radio and I stand up for our military and for police officers. And I stand up for what I always, you know, I, the name of my company is, uh, is Raising Grace. And uh, it stands for somewhere between Raising Hell and Amazing Grace. But also my daughter's name's Gracie. So everybody gets to see me raise Grace on social media and everything. And uh, I mean, she, she's everything to me. 
And um, when I met y'all the other night, and you pretty much said everything you just said, on my way back to Georgia, I was in my truck, and I had just got a phone call. One of my one of my friends that's done this show before, she's in a very bad wreck. And um, you, you were the one that inspired me to – not the last episode I did, but the episode before that. I did it by myself. I never do my podcast by myself. And I told my story. Like, I told the uh, last 20 years of my life, I'm 33. The 10 years before that's kind of boring. But the last 20 has been <laughs> real, real damn eventful. And um, and you, it was you saying stuff like that. And more people, it, it was very inspiring. You, you are a very, very inspiring person. And your face, like, I knew the emotion that you were going through at that time because you, you could just tell. Uh, you know, I don't know all your story. We're hopefully fixing to get a little insight into it. But mm-hmm. it, you're probably like a lot of people that's in Nashville that's been knocked down and said you wasn't good enough or whatever. And then when something like that happens and it validates all the pain and it validates all the bullshit you've been through, and you can say – no, I, I am good. Like, you know, you tried to put me down, but I'm not, I'm not staying there. And yeah. It's, and I'm not saying people in the industry have said, uh, said those. Oh negative yeah. I, yeah. Just other people in general. Yeah. It, no, it was the relationship. Okay. And, um, it, you know, man, I just, I moved here 10 years ago um, for a record deal with Sony Nashville. I was signed to Arista and, um, you know, I had a top 30 single with ex old man, which is a true story about the fact that I got an ex husband and an ex best friend. And um, then we released another single called he loves to make me cry, which is a big bluesy ballad love song. And, I'm going to have to download um, that one as soon as we get done. It died in the 50s at Country Radio. Um, but it was always a song that whenever I sang it or whenever it was played, like the radio stations were like, we get a lot of reaction out of this song. And what's crazy is that a few years ago, I auditioned for, um, I think it might have been America's Got Talent or something. I don't remember. And they asked me to sing an original song and I sang, he loves to make me cry. And they stopped me and they said, you wrote this. And I said, yes. And they were like, we've had people auditioning with this song all day, which blew my mind. I I didn't get asked to be on the show, which is okay. Um, They're lost. Oh, it's okay. Uh, It's, but it, you know, um, I didn't tuck my tail and move back to Texas when I parted ways with the label and I didn't tuck my tail and, and move back home when, you know, unfortunately my marriage didn't work out. And I, in the back of my mind, believed some of those negative things. I just kept my head down and started working on this project called something we're saying part one and I've been really blessed because there's a lot of people that have um, rallied around me and and encouraged me to to do this and I'm, I'm glad that I listened to those people and not not the other voices 
in my head and, and that were in my life at one time, you know, and where we go from here, who knows? Um, but I, I just feel, I feel compelled to continue sharing my truth and continue sharing my music. And this past week, so many people have had so many really nice things to say. Um, and I have spent this whole week ugly crying in the corner. <laughs> you are not the only one. I'll tell you, I didn't let anybody see it, but I, I can only imagine the messages that you got the past week because I know what I've got. And, yeah. and it's just like, I, I talk a lot on my show uh, about dealing with depression. I battle anxiety and depression. Uh, I tried to commit suicide back in 2010. Um, oh, but it was, uh, it's, I tell everybody the same thing. It's the best and worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. I was, mm -hmm. I was in a very bad place in my life. And um, when that happened, my life has been completely changed. Uh, I was in a very bad relationship. And um, I got called fat and unattractive. I was like 330-something pounds back then. And, um, and after I got cheated on and left, all this stuff, I, uh, I decided to change my life. And nobody knew who Josh Terry was until 2016. And uh, I started posting uh, my weight loss stuff on social media. Um, I was a... I, <laughs> I used to love writing poetry when I was young, and I got a poem that was published in Young Poets of America when I was like in eighth grade, but I got picked on about it. Like all the baseball players, I was an athlete, and all my friends picked on me. Like, oh, you know, whatever. And um, about 2016, I, I, my mindset changed on everything. I quit living for everybody else, and I started living for me. And I, start, and I started posting my stuff on social media. Well, that turned into – the like radio i had such a big following from the stuff i was doing that a radio station i'd never worked in radio i didn't know that i wanted to work in radio um they offered me a job as the lead host on their number one morning show uh no and it was cool as hell but in two years of being there i realized that i couldn't be me like I, i'm all about there being uh, preachers in this world, and then there's warriors. Some people's got to fight. Some people got to battle. And uh, if you still love the good Lord and you do all those things, you're going to have chinks in your armor. You're going to have dents and everything. But it don't make me no less of a Christian than a preacher. There's a lot of people that sit here and talk to me and bullshit with me. And next thing you know, we go from drinking whiskey to talking my beliefs uh, on religion and um, and everything. So it's just... When you start speaking your truth, from me going from a suicide attempt back then to doing this now and the dark roads that I've been down, I, I just, I'm a firm believer in folks like you and me that, you know, sometimes a good Lord lets you go through hell so you know what heaven's worth. And, and that, I think that's where me and you probably both are sitting at right now. Dude, I firmly believe, Lord knows I am no holy ruler, but I firmly believe that. He's not going to send you through the valley if he's not preparing you for the mountaintop that's on the other side. And you look back and you are 
grateful for the hell you went through because it pushed you to become a stronger person. You know, it, it pushed you to know your strength. Um, it, I feel like it pushes you to also know your worth, you know? Um, and I, my granny Kelly, she always says, and I said it too. I didn't realize that she said it until I was visiting with her a few years ago. And I said, I said, you know, granny, I said, uh, I feel like the good Lord doesn't give us anything we can't handle, but good Lord. Sometimes I wish he'd lay off a little. And she, <laughs> she said, I say that, you know, like basically a little differently, but yeah along the same lines and, and, um, it's just crazy. Like to think about everything that I've been through in my life and I, and I'll gladly talk to you about that. Um, to where I'm at today, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Amen. You know, life, life, life in general is a marathon, not a sprint. And, um, my music career is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, and I think any, any career path that anybody chooses is a marathon and not a sprint. Um, I don't know. It's just, well, it, well, I mean, think about it though, folks like, especially a songwriter, I'm not going to put myself in the category as, as have to be as creative as y'all are. Um, but going through those experiences and those roads or whatever, you know, there's you have to take that stuff though and turn it into song and i'm sure there's been several that have been i I tell everyone that comes in here every musician i talk to i believe that every single songwriter musician has at least one great all-time song in them and uh what i mean by that is you've lived your life you're the only person that's lived your life there's no life like yours you write about your life and your experiences in your life, and that's going to be your great song or your great songs. And that's the same thing with a storyteller or somebody like me. I mean, you, no one else can tell your story. Amen. So, I mean, you, you're the only one that can put pen to paper and and sing about your life. And when you start singing about your life and you're true about the stuff you sing about, that's when that this that great damn music comes out. I mean, that's what anybody, I mean, back in the day when Johnny and Waylon and Hank and all them, the shit they sung about, they lived. And that's why, that's why they had hundreds of number one hits, you know? I mean, and I I feel like that everybody that you were with the other night and you, that's every one of y'all. I mean, you could, you could tell when you were singing about something that meant something to you and you can, you can feel that every one of y'all shook me the other night. Oh, yeah, it's the fact that you wrote poetry and somebody made made fun of you or picked on you about it. I would like to go back and kick all of their asses. I would because... like to go kick their asses, too. Now, <laughs> um, I wrote, you know, songwriting for me started out as poetry yeah. and I am a sexual abuse survivor. Um. The man who used to be my stepfather is in prison for the rest of his life. Um, 
because he molested me for several years. And um, unfortunately for him, um, he hit a video camera and he videotaped it. And so when I, when I did tell, I didn't know that at the time, but when I told initially it was my word against his and um, then the cops, they got a search warrant and they searched the house and in a toolbox, you know, like the tall toolboxes yeah. and, and like the top parts, like skinnier. And then the bottom parts like sticks out a little further somewhere in that toolbox that was locked in the garage were videotapes that I didn't know existed. And um, so it no longer became my word against his, but he nailed his own coffin. And um, I couldn't, I couldn't talk to anybody about it, you know, whenever I was going through it. And uh, I was told that nobody would believe me. And I was told that um, he would divorce my mom and leave us with nothing. And, you know, he worked at this, I'm from a really small town in Texas. And um, he was a maintenance man at the school and he was always around and he made friends with my friends and I'd have to go to school and talk, you know, like hear from my friends, like how awesome my stepdad is. And I just had to smile and live this secret life behind my smile that nobody knew about that nobody I could talk to about. Um, and so I wrote poetry to, to process all of that. And, um, that some of that poetry has later become, you know, lyrics for a couple of songs that I've written that kind of pertain to that. Um, and it just, it's funny because I, I played volleyball in school and I was a cheerleader and I, I played college volleyball and I thought I was going to be a volleyball coach and be the sponsor of the cheerleading squad, you know, the, like the lady that yeah. runs the cheerleading squad and all that and small town, Texas stuff, you know? And, um, I was bartending my way through college and, uh, it was a slow night at the bar and we had karaoke and <laughs> this, I was singing and this really large guy pulls me aside and he's like, sing something and I sang complicated by Carolyn Don Johnson and uh he looks at me and he said do you want to be in a band <laughs> and I thought you're funny you know where this is this you you got me and he said no I'm being serious you know be here Friday night and that started my three-year stint in a classic rock cover band called Big Dave and the Freaks I would love to hear you do some classic rock. You know, it was so much fun. I love it. And I mean, I grew up singing in church and at church camp and I was in choir in school, but I never dreamt that music would be such a huge thing in my life and it would be a career path that I would follow eventually. Um, and, you know, my, my dad's dad, um, Papa Kelly, his name was Sterling Kelly and he had a band called Sterling Kelly and the hearts. And I have 45s of him and his band. And, um, 
music was a part of our life, but never anything that was forced upon my sister or I. And uh, I, I started in that classic rock cover band and then Big Dave had a tree trimming accident and he severed some tendons in his hand. And so we couldn't play for a while. And I ended up switching majors in school from a business major to a commercial music. Well, I initially started out as a vocal performance major, but then I switched to commercial music management. And so I have a commercial music management degree from McLennan Community College in Waco, Texas. And when I graduated with that degree, then I started doing my own thing. And I did that and toured the Texas scene, 150, 180 dates a year or more. Um, and then I got invited to Nashville to write in 2010. And later that year, there's a bunch of people that flew from Nashville to Tennessee, I mean, from uh, Nashville to Texas to see me play at Billy Bob's. And uh, that was in October of 2010. And then I was back here in Nashville in November of 2010. And then uh, December 15th at 12.28 p.m., <laughs> Renee Bell from Sony called and offered me a seven option record deal. And I can tell you where I was. I was, I was doing laundry. <laughs> and I just dropped the basket of laundry and just sat and wept and... I signed April 22nd, 2011, and we cut half the project that year and then released a single, Ex Old Man, in December of 2012. And uh, I was on some major tours, and um, we were about to move to option number two. And there were some things contractually that the label and I were going back and forth on. And eventually, we just agreed to disagree. And parted ways. And so then I released the fire EP in 2015. And then I spent the last few years in an unhealthy marriage and here I am again, let's go 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. Uh, I think, I think that when people hear your story, um, one thing, like if you watch a movie or a television show or whatever, the more you get invested in the characters, the bigger a fan is or whatever. And the more that you make yourself open like that and tell some of the stuff, oh, they're they're gonna love you. I mean, you've got the mute that you got the talent to back it up. Uh, your music's strong, very strong, and uh, they're gonna eat you alive. If they don't know they love you yet, it's just because they don't know you. Thank you. But I, I but I am a a a fanatic for female country artists. Not not for appearance based, but the music. I, there's so many great songs that you'll hear uh, me listening to that my buddies, if they were to catch me and I was singing them by my damn self, riding around in the truck, they'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Um, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, there's y'all, uh, uh, besides for you the other night, um, Miss Bridget. Oh, oh my Force Holy shit. Bridget Tatum. I love that woman. I, I did not know who she was, honestly, until that night. Had no idea. And the second she opened her mouth, I fell in love. Yeah. I, I'm talking about she knocked me on my ass from 10 feet away with just her, her voice. And um, But you got to see something with all of y'all the other night. And it was... uh, it, I've seen... you. 
I don't I don't ever like knock anybody that's in music. There's some I like, there's some I don't. Um but y'all don't fit the typical little sweetheart Taylor Swift mold or or whatever you want to call. Y'all are grown ass women singing grown ass country and it was cool as hell to see. Like I'm telling you, it's old boy from Georgia right here. If more people saw that the other night, they would never listen to this teeny bopper shit again. Like, <laughs> like it, it was, it was, it was hell. Like it was, it was a damn force when y'all were up there. And oh. man, the more people that hear you, they're they're gonna be blown away, dude. Thank you. You're very kind. Uh, it's easy to tell the truth. I just feel, like I said, I feel blessed, and you know, I pray. I'm again. Lord knows. <laughs> I am a work in progress and I will be till the day I hopefully get to go see him. Um, I pray for, I pray for the good Lord to be present in my words and in my actions and in my, uh, you know, responses to things and to people. And I just pray to try to lead with love all the time and and to be a vessel for whatever he's got in store for us and like i said it blows my mind that i have been welcomed into the writers rooms that i've been welcomed into and it also blows my mind that i get to you know i get to share the stage with with people that i get to share the stage with and Folks like Bridget and, you know, Barrett Baber and Ashley McBride and Bree Doster and Lee Tucker, you know, all the people that, that have played that I, that weren't there Tuesday night in the past, you know, like I'm just inspired by everybody around me. And I feel incredibly grateful and humbled that they include me and they want to be involved in something that I'm doing too. You well, know? they probably feel the same way when you ask them to do something, though. It's not like you're you're not just as damn good. I mean, that that was the thing. Like, I, I get what you're saying. You're humbled by it. But at the same time, you're a badass. And I'm sure they recognize badass. And there's no way with all y'all in the same rooms together, writing and hanging out, there's going to be a little bit of you that rubs off on them, a little bit of them that rubs off on you. And you surround yourself with greatness and then you become great. I mean, and, and that's what I think. I think that's what's going on with this, with everything that y'all are doing with the, the, um, I, it just slipped my, my something worth saying, uh, yeah. with those writers around, there's going to be a badass song that is going to come at three o'clock in the morning. Y'all getting done, sitting around bullshitting. Somebody's going to hit a home run of an idea. And I'm telling you, y'all, y'all are badasses. If more people could have seen that, do y'all live stream it or anything? No, we we don't live stream it, but we did. Um, I have teamed up with uh, some folks, and we have photos, and we now have video. Okay. Um, not live streamed video, but video where we can repost after the fact. Um, so I'm excited about that. And it, you know, like I said, it's a work in progress and we're still growing. Um, and I'm excited to see 
where it goes. And, you know, I got big dreams and high hopes. And I was thinking the other night, I was like, what about SWS records starting a record label and eventually, you know, being at that point where there's a record label called SWS, something worth saying, you know, and, and maybe publishing. I don't know. I it just, the more I think about it and, and the more things come to fruition, with everything that's going on, the more I'm like, well, shit, this is a, this is a brand maybe, you know? And oh, 100%. I got hats now and I got koozies now. And, um, no, you, I think what, I think you said it right. It, I, I would, I'd have so many things with something worth saying, cause it is a brand. You've, you're, you have made it into a brand. Um, just with the hat starting and what you're putting on, it's it's different. And it's got a different feel to it. And it's got a different vibe to it. And it's not like, well, it, you've been, I mean, everybody's been to songwriters rounds and it just feels, I'm going to use the word forced. It, it, it feels forced or it feels like somebody's not being authentic. I think the people that you're asking to do these with, it is 100% authentic and it's real. And that's what resonates. I mean, the other night with, from Dylan Carmichael playing that, the one about his mom and daddy to um, Barrett playing just the gas that he played. Uh, what's the girl, the, God, cause she blew me away too. And I keep forgetting her name. Is it Allison? Um, Allie Colleen. Allie, God dang it. Woo. No, I'm telling you, you're, you're, I did not, even though I'm friends with some musicians up there, there's just some people, I mean, there's so many, it's hard to know. I think that you're surrounding yourself with the cream of the crop right now, and just some people might not know about them, but y'all all, like, I'm trying to get on this, uh, this train that y'all are, uh, loading up right now. I know I am. I'm fixing up. Well, that that's what that's why I picked you to do this. By the way, though, and I don't even know if I told you this, but for this whole next week, uh, from now on, because we do stuff with musicians all the time, I'm gonna pick an artist every week, and yeah. on every show, we're just gonna say this is the feature artist of the week. I'm gonna give them a new song to go listen to by you, and uh, tell them to go check you out and all this kind of stuff and everything, because uh, I'm telling you. It it was when you me and you spoke the other night, and like you were just so. It was I don't know. It was like talking to myself, and I mean that in a in a complimentary way, but it was just I, I saw in your face and in your eyes, especially when you're kind of getting your, in your feels a little bit, that you know you've been through a lot. I you could tell you had been through a lot, and you could tell like a weight had been lifted, and it was just like. You could see the validation. And it was the coolest shit I have ever seen. Uh, I mean, it was. Like I said, it inspired me to where on my way back to Georgia, I decided that I was going to sit down and uh, put into one podcast by myself my last 20 years from everything from battling depression um, and all the stuff I've been through, my suicide attempt. I wanted to make it public. And uh, with some of the stuff 
people already knew, but it wasn't just me talking for an hour by my damn self, going into depth with why things happen and sharing my truth with everybody. And uh, it was because of you. It was literally because of you and because my friend, like when I, right when I got past Atlanta, uh, somebody called and told me a friend was in a wreck. And it got me thinking that everybody's got a story to tell. Everybody's got one to tell. And it's for the good and bad and all this shit. It's not about how you start. It's not the middle of the damn road. It's how you end. And I was like, you know what? I'm sharing my shit right now because in 10 years, I'm going to go back and listen to this. And I'm going to be damn proud of myself. And <laughs> and I don't know. You, you hit a nerve with me the other night. You should be proud of yourself. Well, thank you. You know, like you should be. And I feel like if it goes back to, I feel like the good Lord doesn't give us anything that we can't handle. And it, it doesn't define who we are, but it helps shape who we are. And we can choose to, we can choose to let that be a crutch or let it be a battle scar if you will or whatever the hell you know like i don't know a chapter not not the we'll say that is whole it, story. well that's on on wednesday nights here at my studio i open it up to people who battle with depression and suicide we don't record it nothing like that i call it the still writing sessions because we're still telling our story yeah. and, and like there's people out there, uh, Miss Kristen, that let their trauma and the bad stuff in their life define them. Yeah. And then there's people that define it. They won't allow it. They're like, no, this happened to me. And you know what? I'm going to fucking own it. And I'm not going to let it ruin or I'm not going to let control the rest of my life. And I feel like that's what you've done. I feel like you've been through some bad shit, but you are tough as hell. To where you, I, I can, I mean, you can just tell by the way you talk. You, you don't let that stuff define you. And there's a lot of people that do. That's so inspirational. That's the way you act. That's why I know that you're finna hit a fucking home run somewhere. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't know where it's at yet. But people need to hear more of what you're doing and how inspirational you are. You could help so many, and. You're just a badass. And, it's, and anybody that's around you for five damn minutes knows it. Thank you. You're very kind. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, there's music, I feel like, is the soundtrack of life, if you will. And I know there's been several times where I can tell you exactly where I was when I heard a, a, you know, a certain song and how it kind of in a way described how I felt at the time or something I was going through. Like for instance, um, the house that built me, Oof. I'm, I'll never forget. I was, I was in Austin, Texas, and uh, I was in my old 12-passenger van. I have a newer model now, but I was in my old 12-passenger van. It was my everyday vehicle, and I heard that song, and I had to pull over on the side of the road because my real dad, 
when my parents got married, uh, we have a river lot in, in Waco on our, uh, in our family. And, um, when my parents got married, they lived there and they had me and then they had my sister. And then before I started kindergarten, we moved to Lorena. We lived on 10 acres out in the country in Lorena. And we lived in a mobile home at the front right corner of our property. And my dad moved a house from the Hewitt, like Midway, Woodway area. And he remodeled it a little further back on the property. And uh, my parents got divorced and my dad bought property that teed off of that property. So when I wanted to see him after they got divorced, I'd either walk through the pasture and crawl through the barbed wire fence or I'd saddle up my horse, Jose, and I'd ride around to see my dad. But the bad things that happened with the man who used to be my stepfather started in that house. And whenever I heard that song, I had to pull over because just this flood of emotion hit me. And the crazy thing about it is even though those bad things started in that house, I don't think about that house with the man who used to be my stepfather, I think about that house with my mom and my real dad, you know? Um, and I would love, I would love to buy that house. My dad built a, a big shop um, on the property and I would love to buy that house and turn the shop into like a little, uh, gift shop general kind of store thing and then have a music venue That's in part cool. of it and there's 10 acres so we got plenty of room for parking and then take the house and and have it where all my family still lives in texas um except for my sister she lives here and i'd love to buy that house eventually and turn the shop into a music venue and then have the house where the artist can stay um and then if we go there, we can stay there. If there's not room, you know, at my mom and Robert, my mom's remarried to a man named Robert and he's amazing. He's hilarious. Um, you know, whatever, just have that. And, and I feel like that is a, sign or a testament to myself like personally without anybody in the outside world knowing <laughs> that I that I feel that way about that piece of property and that house and I you know I've gone to lots of counseling over the years and and I ain't afraid to say if I feel like I need to go I'll go again um but I I just kind of feel like maybe it's a sign that I'm in the right direction, headed in the right direction with the healing from, from that, because I don't look at that house as a place where bad things happened. I look at it as the house that built me, that I'm proud to be my father's daughter and my mother's daughter. And, you know, I, I want to strive to 
be a good person and, and, and set a good example. And, you know, I've gone and talked to, there's a place around Waco. It's not open anymore, but, um, it was a home, um, where kids went who had gone through, you know, similar things that I'd gone through and some, sometimes far worse. And unfortunately, the, the person who did those bad things is not necessarily in prison or the mom or the dad chose the person who did the bad. Um, but I, I would go and I would share my story, you know, with them and answer any questions and just sit and talk one-on-one -on -one with them. And I just feel like if, if we were more open and less afraid of our shit, if you will, the whole world might be a better place. You know, there's a, there's a couple of books that changed my life. One of them is Love Does by Bob Goff. And my favorite chapter is Jeepology. And long story short, you know, he gets hit he's in his Jeep and he gets hit by this little lady and he's ejected from the Jeep and he walks up and he knocks on her window and she's sitting there white knuckled on the steering wheel. She hasn't moved. And she's, you know, visually you can tell she's freaked out and he knocks on the window and he's like, ma'am, are you okay? And she goes without even looking at him. She was like, yeah, you, you, you flew out of your Jeep. <laughs> and he goes yeah you know sometimes that's I like to exit that way when I'm in a hurry or something funny you know like he led with love which like yeah. blew my mind and the the premise of the book love does by Bob Goff it's basically just a several different chapters of of how God is love and love does and you have a choice you know and and the other book was a book called scary close that a couple of friends had recommended to me six years ago now. And um, Bob Goff actually wrote the foreword for that book. And Scary Close is Donald Miller. Donald Miller wrote Blue Like Jazz, which I haven't read, but I hear it's amazing. But Donald Miller wrote Scary Close and he went to a facility outside of Nashville called Onsite. And he had some stuff in his past that he processed and worked through at onsite and he wrote this book and it's basically, you know, we're all born a perfect self. And then there's this outer layer of shit, um, shame, whatever things that you've done to people, you know, things that have been done to you. Um, whether it's intentional or unintentional, whatever, you just have this layer of stuff and then there's an outer layer of that and he says you know it's a false self and people hide behind money people hide behind different things because they're afraid if somebody actually knew that inner circle and the stuff surrounding it that they wouldn't be accepted yep and the book changed my life. And I was like, you know what? 
I've been through some shit yes, and yes. it's okay to talk about it. And, you know, there are, there are songs that have been written that have moved me. And I was like, oh my God, like you're word for word singing my life, telling, you know, I can relate to that kind of thing. And I don't, I don't know where, you know, my music will sit on the charts at any given point, but I can tell you that I'm going to keep writing songs for the rest of my life. Good Lord willing, because it's one therapeutic and two, there are songs that have changed my life. And I have had people come up to me and say, you know, I lived that. Thank you for saying that because I didn't know how to say it myself, you know, and that in itself, again, it goes back to the listener gives the creator something, a, a reason to, to do what we do. And it, they give us the gift of having something worth saying. Yeah. You, uh, I, I'm a big believer in signs. Like, good Lord giving you signs and everything. Me too, and I wrote a song about it. I'll send it to you. Oh, I'm shit. Uh, right uh, now. Okay, no, no. Okay, so this is this is where you're going to – it's going to get trippy. I, uh, oh, shit, I got goosies while you were talking about it. So I have this thing that I always try to pay attention to. Like I said, signs and everything in your life. And I believe every once in a while, when you're on the right road you're supposed to be on, the good Lord reminds you that you're on the right road. To Sometimes you might want to veer off this, or you might have something coming up that would be the easy way. Don't do it that way. I'm going to remind you, keep doing it this way. My mother and father, when they moved to where I grew up, um, it, I don't know, back in like 88, 80, 89 or something like that, they bought this house. It was daddy and mama paid like $12,000. It was, it was probably a shithole then. Uh, mm. But uh, it had four or five acres to it. It was nice or whatever. When you said the house that built me, I literally, every time I'm riding dirt roads, having a couple adult beverages or whatever, this house is condemned. Now, like it's it's abandoned, it's condemned, it's no, it's un, it's unlivable. I go to that house all the time, and I'll sit there, and I'll usually sit by myself on the front porch. I do it at night, so nobody knows I'm there, and uh, I'll drink a couple beers, and I always play the house that built me while I'm there, and I'm telling you, like it's just when you said that, yeah, I tell you, it, it fucking got me. <laughs> Well, that's what, like, I was about to interrupt you. I was like, no, she's fucking, she's right with this. But, uh, no, like, I think, I think what you have in mind that you're trying to do right now is what you're supposed to be doing. I think there's a reason why we probably bumped into each other, why y'all got to fall, how y'all fell in love with Lee Tucker just blows my damn mind in the first place. But the fact that I wasn't. How did you not love Lee Tucker? Are you, you are right about that. I wasn't even supposed to be in Nashville on Tuesday. Like, I had some good stuff happen uh, the past couple of weeks with the podcast and everything. And um, I pre-recorded a couple shows last week. And uh, I was like, I called him, see what he's doing. And uh, he wanted me to come out there. He's been trying to get me to come out there for a year now. 
And um, and he was like, hey, by the way, we're going to go to this writer's round tomorrow night, and it's going to be awesome. And he's like, uh, Ashley McBride's going to be there, but you can't tell a fucking person. Uh, you can't tell nobody. But he said, we'll get there early. I want to introduce you to Vaden, and I want to introduce you to some other people. He said, they're going to love you, dude. Um, and I was like, okay, whatever. And then I get there. And it was just like, it was magic from the second I got there until I left. Even though I think I had one too many uh, Mick Ultras. It's okay. I get, Wait a good time. And I'm like, Vaden invited me back to wherever y'all were going afterwards. And I didn't come because I didn't want to embarrass myself. Like, I, I thought I was having too much fun. And I hate leaving a bad impression, a first bad impression on people. And uh, no, yeah, I think I think there's probably with the stuff that I've got coming up. Um, I think I might have mentioned it to you yesterday, but I really want you and like two or three other of uh, those badass, just grown country women singers from the other night. I put on events, and I want to do one over the summer at Crazy Bull. And you gave me a very good idea. I think that I want to do it, and I want to give the proceeds to uh, to go towards some kind of charity that does that, that deals with what you went through growing up. Yeah. So crazy that you said that. I I started. Uh, this will be four years now. Um, I started a one day festival style show in my hometown, um, and proceeds you know, are set to go to um, survivors of child sexual abuse um, and domestic violence because uh, so often the two go hand in hand. And we didn't get to do the event last year because 2020 was 2020. Um, and I, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it this year, but that's another thing. Like I have... I have big dreams and high hopes to, to be able to give back to at least one entity in all 50 states each year at some point, you know, whether we have, whether we have X number of events per year and in areas where it's smaller real estate state-wise, if that makes sense, like Texas is a big state, you know, but then you have like, you could do tri-star, tri-state areas or, do an event in an area and you partner with an entity from like four different states or something or five, however many, whatever. But you have an event in several different places across the U S and you give back to at least one entity in all 50 states and you're raising awareness. You're, you're talking about something that I feel like people should talk more about because it makes it less of a taboo subject. And the thing about it is one in five little girls are sexually abused at, you know, at some point in their life. And it's like the statistics show at least six and 20 little boys. And a lot of times it's often somebody that's really close to that person. Um, oftentimes it's a family member and having been, one of those one in five little girls that was told nobody will believe you. And then when I did speak out, they did believe me and he is in prison for the rest of his life. 
And it's just, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. A lot of times people will say something and that person is still out there walking free and not having to, you know, be held accountable for the bad things that they've done. But I feel like if, I feel like the good Lord didn't give me this for me to just sit in a corner and dwell on and cry about. I feel like he has provided opportunities throughout my life and, and a platform, if you will, to be a vessel and to share my testimony because who knows if somebody would have spoke up when I was younger and I heard that, if it would have changed my mind and, and been a little reassurance in my ear that, hey, you're not alone. If you do say something, somebody will believe you. You know what I mean? Like you, you just, you never know. I mean, I, I think well, everything has happened for a reason, but it's just, I feel like it's part of my calling. And Well, everybody's got a mission. I mean, everybody does. Now, uh, unfortunately, in the world that we live in, a lot of people, and I'm just as guilty as this of the next person, a lot of people gauge their success off of money, off of uh, off of charts and other things, especially with what you do and, and me. We want to make sure we're not completely last, but we pay attention to that stuff too much sometimes. But that's not that's our mission. That's not the mission that God set us up for. It's, it's just like going to college. You know, you, you go to college for four years, get a degree, and when you get out of it, you don't get the job that you want. So you got to do something else. But that was your plan. That's not life's plan. And uh, I think with what you went through, uh, what I've what I've been through with everybody, I think if we'll get out of our own way and we'll see the signs that life has given us, like, you know what the hell with those charts? You know, it. I got asked the a couple years ago when I was getting big on social media, I did like this little makeshift interview with somebody, and they were like, uh, "What do you want out out of all this?" And me being a dumbass, first thing that pops up in my head is money. I want money. I like money. But I sat here and I thought about it. And I had just started sharing my story about the suicide attempt. Um, and I was like, you know what? If I can help one person, if I can help one person not go down that road, you know, I'll never know that I saved that life. I'll never, I'll never know. But maybe I can empower somebody if I can normalize it being okay to not be okay. And yeah. And, and that's what I think that's kind of what you're doing too. You know, it, it, I think if you have the mindset that you have right now and it's for helping people and that's what it sounds like. And it's putting out good content. It's putting out good music. It's putting out real. You're allowing people, you're, you're teaching people in a way to speak their truth and not be scared of their scars. Uh, I'm a firm believer that you always put your worst qualities and the bad things that happen to you out there in life. One, because it eats you alive. Because you're always thinking, what if somebody finds out about this? What if, what if, what if? Well, the hell with that. I'm going to change that what if. I'm going to put it out. And then that way you, I'm not worried about what you think or if you find out or whatever anymore. I'm owning it. Like I've been in trouble with the law when I was 18 years old for dumb shit. 
And I own that now because if I wouldn't have went down those roads and I wouldn't have done dumb shit, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I had to do those. But a lot of people view stuff like the bad things we've been through in life as failures. I don't think they're failures. I think they're learning experiences. I think you're supposed to learn from the things that knock you on your ass. And then you're supposed to help the next person not get knocked on their ass by that same thing. And I, I think that's I think it's very awesome that you do that. And uh like I said, you just keep being a badass. I didn't know who Kristen Kelly was until Tuesday and telling you I'm like your biggest fan now. <laughs> and, I ha- and I haven't even listened to a lot of your music yet. Like I just as a person, as a person, I just I mean, you know some of these musicians that put on a very good front. And the second that they're not on that stage or whatever, it's just completely different. I imagine you got several songs that you've put your heart into that when I listen to them, I'll be like, yep, she's real. She's real. She ain't faking this shit. Like, this is a real, uh, I don't know. I'm just glad I got to meet you. And uh, I know we got to wrap this up, but I really, really, really was wondering if you could play one of those songs or two for us. Tell the story yeah. to it and everything um, and all that before uh, we got here. I don't want to hold you up all night. And I feel like me and you can sit here and talk way longer than what we should. But- I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love Um, I have so much respect for you and I'm excited to see where things, you know, go for you and your podcast. Well, I'll even, I'll even tell you this. When you get your podcast up and you're, and you're ready to go or whatever, you let me know and I'll help you with it. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I will. I will help you with it, and uh, I, I kind of. I don't know, you know, what ideas you have with it, but I. I will help you in any way that I can, because more people need to hear you. More people need to hear your story and your outlook on life, and uh, you're gonna help some folks. Anytime somebody's gonna help some folks, I, I'm down. I'm down to push that that stuff any way I can. Well, thank you. Back at you. I mean, I can't help you with a podcast. Oh, no, but no. What you can, I'll, 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 I'll tell you what you can help me with. Any of your friends that have got good stories like you, that's got like something, something worth saying. <laughs> Any of them that's got something worth saying besides for just a song, tell them to, to reach out to me. I'd love to have them on. I don't care if they're a big name or if, if they're if they're no name, you know I don't I don't just have I have anybody that has something worth saying on my podcast, and uh, that's what's made it successful. Even though you're kind of like the icing on the cake right now. <laughs> you're silly. Um, well, I'll play something worth saying. Actually, let's do uh-huh. it. tuned this earlier but i just want to make sure so (laughs) you're uh, good yeah this is this is a song that i mean it's the title track of my project which is out there right now and i'm gonna be working on the back half of it and it'll be part two and i wrote this with uh the late randall clay and then my buddy um blue foley
company that was good to keep. And I learned awful early to always say just what I mean. In a world that's trying to turn you into someone else. Well, I found a way to be okay with being myself. And that's easier said than done. Oh, you're good. You're good. Take your time. 
Oh, man. Uh, once you catch your breath there. Um, you're a badass, dude. Oh, you're a badass. It's so good. Tell everybody where they can find that at, by the way. Well, that ain't out yet. Oh, that, that's the second part. Oh, we... Oh, that's, that's on the second part. That's right. You gotta oh, wait for it. Oh, when do you know when that's being released? Are you still working on it? Um, we gotta we're gonna go in and cut um here sooner rather than later. And um yeah, that'll be the that'll be the first one we cut for the back half, but Oh ye It's crazy. I, I started thinking when I was playing it today's Sunday. And I was like Sunday, the, you know, the lyrics are Sunday, yeah. praying, and I was like, okay, Jesus, I'm whatever is happening right now. I, I'm telling you, there, there, there's times, there are times, and you don't ever know why. I mean, like I said, you don't ever know how something lines up. Maybe me and you lining up together, it helps somebody. Maybe, maybe somebody gets to hear your message, and it helps them. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, when the people who follow this show and listen to it hear your story, I will 110% guarantee you, you are going to get a message from somebody that has dealt with the same issues you have. And it is, it, it's going to, oh God, it's going to get you. It's going to make you, it's going to make you feel like you're on the right road. And uh, I, I, I very much believe you are. One more time, tell folks uh, where they can find you on social media and all that good mess. Yeah. Um, so, KristenKellyMusic.com is my website. Instagram, it's at Kristen Kelly Music. Facebook is at Kristen Kelly. I think it's at Kristen Kelly Music. Um, Twitter is just at Kristen Kelly. TikTok is at Kristen Kelly Music. Um, uh, yeah, I think. And then my music, the project, something we're saying, part one, and the rest of my music is out on all digital platforms um and i'm trying to think if there's something i'm missing youtube um a lot of my a, a lot of my pictures on each of those is pretty much the same picture i have on a black uh felt hat with a big turkey feather i think that's on all of them um but yeah, that's that's where you can find me. <laughs> well, Miss Kristen, I very much appreciate you being uh, the first one we're doing this artist of the week thing with. That uh, rest of the week, I'm gonna talk about you with the guests. Make sure uh, I push your music with uh, with uh, the fans the rest of the week. I and I'm glad. Like I'm, I didn't know how this was gonna go. I didn't know uh, a lot about you. I I have this thing. I do not dive too deep in the artist i i want to find out who you are with us talking because that's how the list that's how the listener is going to find out and, yeah and so this was cool you did a great job and uh your podcast is gonna be badass uh, it, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be badass and i'll help you in any way you can and uh if you need anything um you know just feel free to hit me up i'd be more than glad to help you and i very much appreciate you miss Kristen. Thank you so much, Josh. I love you. I Like I said, I can't wait to see all the great things that the good Lord has in store for you. And I'm proud of you. And I'm honored that that 
we got to sit here and talk and you know you shared some of your truth with me as well um and well, well that's what I'm happens here. when two people get together just got something worth saying <laughs> well thank hey, yes ma'am well uh thank y'all for listening to politics religion and whiskey the josh terry podcast i'll catch y'all next time